Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship today on Sunday, beautiful Sunday day out. Uh, We are glad that you are here to worship, to receive from God his very good gifts of word and sacrament this morning. Uh, Please stand where you are and turn around to everybody that is around you and wave and say hi today. Please stand and do that. Very good. I do not have any pre-service announcements for this morning, so let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Truly, Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, that as always, as each Sunday, that you have called us here not by accident or chance, but because your gospel, your good news about Jesus Christ has called us to be here, to hear, and to learn, and to have our faith uplifted in every way. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, as we receive from you your good gifts, as the bell rings, So, Lord, as we receive your good gifts today, we we ask that you would, by your Spirit, prepare us in heart, mind, and soul. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Please stand. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept the record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, Christ, the Word of God incarnate. It's number 540, verses 1 through 3. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Kleibaker, your announcer for the second Sunday after Pentecost. Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the lay minister Bruce Sletton and the organist Mrs. Courtney Sletton. Today's order of service is at www.trinity1874.com.
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded us increase. God shall bless us. Glory be to the Father. Peoples praise you, O God. Almighty, eternal God, in the word of your apostles and prophets, you have proclaimed to us your saving will. Grant us faith to believe your promises that we may receive eternal salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Exodus chapter 19. The people of Israel set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore... If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine, 
and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. On your wondrous works I will meditate. The epistle lesson comes from Romans chapter 5. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would have even dared even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, 
Simon the Cananean and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, telling them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing our next hymn, Your Hand, O Lord, in Days of Old, number 846. Again, that hymn is page 846. Your Hand, O Lord, in Days of Old, page 846 of the Lutheran Service Book. all pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
The text for this morning's meditation is taken from the Old Testament lesson from Exodus chapter 19. You might want to have that in front of you because we'll be going through it as we go along here this morning. One of the early church fathers is quoted as saying this, that the entire atmosphere contains water. But if I want a drink, I have to go find a well. In our text for this morning, God calls his people to a mountain, specifically Mount Sinai. And the reason why he calls them there is because he has a message for them. He wants them to know something, to do something. Specifically, God tells them that they are going to go out and be priests to all of the world. To go out and tell the people about God. To tell them about his loving kindness and his mercy and his grace. We kind of talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, too, about how we are witnesses. All of us, we are witnesses. I, we, we have the eyewitness accounts of God's grace and love and mercy in our lives. And then in the following chapter of this section of Exodus, he gives then the Ten Commandments. This chapter from Exodus 19 is just a pattern. It's part of a pattern that continues throughout all of Scripture. And the pattern is this, that whenever God wants to do something special for his people, he always does it in very specific locations, very specific places. And the question for us this morning is why? I'm going to give you just a few examples, and there are just hosts of them that you could also find. Of course, we know that in the following chapter coming up, the Ten Commandments, the law, is given in a specific place on Mount Sinai. The Jordan River was the river that Naaman in the Old Testament was told to go to in order to be cleaned of his leprosy. Very specific place. Where was Jesus also baptized? In the Jordan River. Jerusalem is the city in which Jesus has his last supper with his disciples. Very specific place. The place of his death the place where he would soon be crucified on Calvary's cross. On a mountaintop, Jesus and his disciples have a very mountaintop experience, Jesus' transfiguration, where Jesus is transfigured before them. His clothes become dazzling white. His disciples can't even really see him, can't even really look at him because he is so white, because he is so glorified thus foreshadowing his glory that was to come again on the cross, a very specific place. Jesus' place of birth, the city of Bethlehem, again, a very specific place. Why? Well, because that's where he was prophesied to be born in. And of course, something very, very special happens there. The Savior of the world is born. 
Jesus' most well-known sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. If you think my sermons are long, you should have heard his. My sermons aren't that long, right? Not that long? Okay, good. (laughs) Jesus' most well-known sermon is on a mountain where he tells the people and instructs them, sort of giving them more things really having to do with the law that was on Sinai. And of course, on a mountain too is where Jesus dies. Interestingly, there are some scholars who believe, some very reputable ones actually, who believe that the reason why Jesus was crucified at Calvary, at Golgotha, the place of the skull, is because that is where Adam's skull is buried too. Interesting. So on a mountain, a very specific mountain, a very specific place, an incredibly special thing happens. Christ dies, taking with him all of the sins of the entire world, placing them upon himself, and crucifying it there so that his people would not have to endure the effects of sin, which is, of course, eternal death. Of the many dangers that you and I face on this side of eternity, I think one of the most dangerous ones is complacency. We sort of get used to our routines, even though in this season our routines have kind of been bucked a little bit, but we sort of get used to our routines. Some of us might even think, well, I can, I can find God anywhere, so I don't really have to go to church this week. Which, number one, isn't true. And number two, what begins to happen is that if we get complacent enough, if we allow our complacency to, to rule over us, well then, one week becomes two weeks. And two weeks becomes three weeks, and then three weeks becomes six weeks, and six weeks becomes three months. Just because we think that we can find God anywhere. Another one that I thought of, well, I just didn't have time this week for devotions. I was too busy, too much stuff going on. You and I both know that we can come up with every excuse in the book to either not come to church or do devotions. And yet, we know the effects of what happens to us when we don't do these things, when we don't make these things a priority in our lives. Some of us might even say, well, I feel closer to God anyway when I am alone with my own thoughts. Well, we've We've talked about all of these things before. Just a recap of the sermon that was about two months ago. Remember that you and I were not created to be apart from this place, from these people specifically, from this body, whether it's in this church, whether it's in a different church, whether it's outside. You and I were not created to be apart for very long from the body of Christ. That's how God made you. You were not created to be apart from his word, to not read it, to not invest in the time that is necessary to read it, to do devotions. 
Now, before I go any, any, any further, and just so that there's no confusion, I realize that we are in a really strange season, so if you have been staying away from church for medical reasons, I get that. I'm not talking to you, all right? But I am concerned about any complacency that can happen as a result of this season. I have talked to several pastors about this season that we are going through, and do you want to know what their number one concern is that I have heard? They are afraid that their people will get out of habit of coming. Never once in those conversations that I have had with those pastors have they said anything about money. They are concerned that the people won't come and not, and not give. No, no, no. Because these pastors care, as I do, about their flocks about their spiritual lives. And so it is really important for us not to get complacent, not to use this season as an excuse to not come, to not do devotions. Again, as an early church father said, the entire atmosphere contains water, but if I want a drink, I have to go to a well. Now, The question becomes, does God have this pattern of doing very special things in very specific places? Does does he do this just to make it difficult for us so that he is difficult to find? Does, Does God want to make us work for his love? I would hope that in my coming up on coming up on my five years here, that you would know that the answer to those questions is no. Your God is consumed. We talked about this last week. Your God is consumed. All he thinks about is having you close to him. We know from the Apostle Paul, while we were still sinners, we just heard that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice how in the prodigal son, the, this really, really well-known Story. Notice how the God that is consumed with having his people and his children close to him, notice how he goes out and he runs to his son. Notice how the, the, God, the God that is consumed with having his children close to him, watch how he heals in the gospel lesson that was just read. Notice how the God that is consumed with having his children close to him, watch how he forgives Specifically, watch how he forgives the people that were at that time deemed unforgivable. People who supposedly had committed such grievous sins that there was no way that they had any hope at all, and yet Christ comes and says, your sins are forgiven. No questions asked. Notice how the God that is consumed with having you so close to him that his dwelling place, according to Revelation that his dwelling place is here, inside of your heart. The dwelling place of God is with us, is with men. Notice how here that the God that is consumed with having you close to him calls you to this place by his gospel. We pray that every Sunday morning, and the reason why I pray it every Sunday morning is so that I hope that you pray it too so that it can be committed to memory. Again, we are not called here 
this morning, whether we are here today, whether we are listening somewhere else, we are not called here to this place or listening to this service by accident or by chance. God doesn't do that. You are here for a very specific reason and a very specific purpose, and that purpose is to hear His Word, is to hear His Word, is to receive His Word, is so that I may stand here every Sunday and proclaim to you that your sins are forgiven. Some people might look down on us and think, well, they just do the same thing every Sunday. Thank God we do the same thing every single Sunday. Your sins are forgiven. The blood of Christ has covered you completely. And here, in our church body, His gifts are found. Notice how, and watch how the God that is consumed with having you so close to Him, how in His Word, His Word that is read to you, His Word that is in your Bibles, That the entire story is about how much that God loves you. And if you think about it from God's perspective, He gives His people His Word so that they can read and know and tell other people how much that He has loved them. If you were God, wouldn't you want your people to read it too? Think about it from a parent's perspective. Perspective. I do not know of a single parent that does not want their child to grow up to be a decent member of society. Specifically, I do not know a single Christian parent, God-fearing parent, that does not want their children in church every Sunday long after they have the ability to force them to come. Why? Because this is what you want for your children, because you know what the truth is. You know how much God has loved you, and so you want to instill that in your children. Notice how the God who is consumed with having you so close to Him, how He loves by going to a very specific place for you to die. Where, as we said, something incredible happens, something incredibly special happens. He goes to Calvary's cross, the place of the skull, and there He is crucified. Nails driven into his hands, into his feet. A sword sword pierces his side. Blood and water come gushing out. Mocked, spit upon, ridiculed, all so that you would not have to go through that. And then he dies. And there, at the place of the skull, he crushes the skull of evil. For you. Yes, God calls us to very specific places for one very specific reason. Because He wants you close. Because He wants you close to Him. Another example that I thought of as I was preparing this message, at one point in the Gospels, Jesus looks, looks at the city of Jerusalem, and He mourns. And He says, Oh, Jerusalem... Jerusalem, how that I would be a hen that gathers you like her chicks and gathers you towards me and with me and close to me. He wants you close because the very special things that God wants to give you 
are found close to Him. Again, you are not called here by accident or by chance, but because God has very specific and very special gifts to give you. The gift of His Word, the gift of His sacraments, and the gift of our church body, whether it's here, whether it's listening somewhere else, our church body for the mutual companionship and brotherly affection as the Apostle Paul speaks of. He wants you close because the very special things that he wants to give you are found close to him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and of all things visible and and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father. be seated. At this time, uh, we will use this time as a reminder of the four ways that you can continue to give your offering and your tithe. The first way is that if you are here, if you have not yet done so, is to drop off your offering or tithe in the basket that is right outside in the narthex there. The second way is to go to the website that is trinity1874.com. And in the upper right-hand corner is a Donate button. You simply click on that. Uh, You may also uh, drop off your offering or tithe to the church office, or you may mail your offering or tithe to the church office as well. Please stand as we go to our Lord in prayer. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and giving us this time to come here and worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that your promise of salvation is secured and paid for by your Son. 
Keep us from being complacent. Keep us in your word and grace. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery, those who find themselves confined to their homes for whatever reason. We lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bobby Ellenick, Gary Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rose Marie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Little Sutton Grace, Florine, Sherry, Fawn, Hunter, Marilyn, Sandra, and Police Officer Mark Preby. Father, we lift up all of these to you, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military. We also think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel as they answer the call for help. Father, we pray that you watch over them. Protect them against all harm. Be with Police Officer Mark Preby as he recovers from the injuries he sustained recently while on duty. Watch over his family who needs support and encouragement. It's at these times that we remember to give you thanks for those who serve to protect us. Strengthen and encourage them all so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Help them make decisions during these days that are for the good of all your people. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy, a prayer of special prayer for celebrating marriage and anniversaries. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you bestowed upon Scott and Charlotte George who are celebrating 50 years of marriage, as well as Merlin and Shel Brockton will be celebrating 35 years of marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life, as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Give us all a fuller measure of faith in the promise of your word. Grant that we may live trustingly one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us, that you are in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. 
trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Let us pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And give us not to temptation, but deliver us from sin, for thine is the kingdom, and power, The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that this Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strength of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. One way that we do that is with the radio broadcast that is made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help at 417-235-7300. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Scott and Charlotte George for their 50th wedding anniversary and dedicated to the glory of God. There are several ladies' Bible studies that meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message, What You're Getting Into, is by Speaker Reverend Dr. Michael Ziegler. Many of us know what it's like to try out for a team, for a role in a play, or first chair in the band. We might have been chosen first. We might have been chosen last. We might not have been chosen at all. We might have been cut. So, how does God choose his team? Read Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. We'll soon rejoin our church for the congregation to continue taking communion and the first hymn will be on eagle's wings found on page 727 of the lutheran service book again on eagle's wings page 727 
all people that on earth do dwell, found on page 791 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, all people that on earth do dwell, page number 791. God Loves Me Dearly is found on page number 392 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, God Loves Me Dearly, page 392.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray the post-communion prayer together. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us this solitary gift. We need more you than of your mercy. You would strengthen us to sing in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, our Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God. Let us bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Oh. <laughs> the closing hymn is Christ, the Word of God incarnate, page number 540, verses 4, 5, and 6. Again, Christ, the Word of God incarnate, page 540, stanzas 4, 5, and 6.
seated. Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, the new member class uh, will start in July with myself, Pastor Jake. Anyone who is interested in becoming a member in our church or learning more about the Lutheran faith, please contact uh, myself at the church office or by my email. That is waterandtheword, all one word, at outlook.com. Waterandtheword at outlook.com. Graduation Recognition Sunday will be on June 28th. This includes the 8th grade, high school, and college graduates in 2020. For the graduates who want to be recognized, please see the parish caller on what information the church office needs. And then the Confirmation Reunion Sunday will be on July 12th. The Confirmation Roll Call can be found in the narthex. I thank you all for coming to worship today, and I pray that each of you would have a very, very blessed week in the promises of our risen Savior.